Welcome in to the 4 for 4 Move the Line Final Four podcast here on the YouTube channel, on live stream. We're ready to go. Connor Allen, Mike Randall, we're going to break down the Final Four. The four Blue Bloods after a fantastic tournament that had everything that we wanted. We wanted upsets early. We wanted a couple Cinderella's, but now we have four major teams in college hoops. We have Kansas, Villanova, and of course, Duke, North Carolina, and Coach K's last year. Connor, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I think the only thing this tournament has not had uh, has been buzzer beaters. Zero buzzer beaters so far in the tournament. Uh, we were very close to getting like a, a buzzer beater tie, I think, at one point in one of the games. Uh, but other than that, I, I, this has been it. Other, I, It has been a good tournament, though, as you mentioned. Uh, St. Peter's fantastic, fantastic run for them. Uh, pretty sad ending, though. I know that you had a, a decent position on that. Uh, how are you <laughs> feeling about this that game, man? I mean, that was that was tough. Yeah, Connor, what threw me off is that I get that the Cinderellas are going to slow down and the clock is going to strike 12. I thought it could happen against Purdue. When they handled Purdue and seven foot four Zach Eady and six foot ten Travion Williams and top five overall pick Jaden Ivey, who just declared for the draft today. I did not see a North Carolina eight seed that had been up and down for the majority of the year causing them trouble. But give Hubert Davis credit. They closed out on shooters. They shut them down. And then eventually St. Peter's folded because they're not a team that's going to come back from down 10, down 15. That's not their makeup. But they did what Purdue couldn't do, which to me, Connor, says a lot about Matt Painter and Purdue. When a couple of years ago, if Diakite from Virginia doesn't make that shot the last second with uh, Carson Edwards, we could be talking about Purdue being a national champion. And now at this point, there's a lot of disappointment with the Boilermakers. Yeah. I mean, first off, shout out us for calling St. Peter's potentially beating Purdue outright. I think that we were, you know, we weren't necessarily, necessarily taking a big position on it, but you know, we, we both said we like them to cover. And I think mentioned that they had the type of build that could beat a team like Purdue outright. Uh, and I think, you know, as you mentioned, I, I, I think that we were kind of on the same page in terms of they could also beat North Carolina, uh, unfortunately, North Carolina is just running so pure with everything and everything is clicking right now for them. Whereas St. Peter's could not buy a bucket for their life. And at the end of the day, they were probably a 15 seed for a reason. You know, they were also running very pure on their own end. Yeah, which to me shows that the regression monster is coming, Connor, and it's coming for North Carolina in a big way. But we will get to that a little bit later. Let's take a look at the games, folks. We're going to look at sides and totals for both games. We will start. In time order, in chronological order, the first one, Connor, Kansas minus four and a half against Villanova. Look, a couple things have jumped out here. It's four and a half points. The total is 133. My first thought is if Justin Moore doesn't get hurt, what do you think this line would have been? Yeah, I think it's about a point, point and a half different. Uh, I know that some odds makers were, were saying the same. I mean, he's an important perimeter player for them. He's an important defensive player. Uh, so, yeah, I would say it would probably be closer to like three, three and a half. And that's actually where it opened. I believe it opened at three and a half, Kansas minus three and a half. Uh, now, you know, all the way up to four and a half. Um, but, yeah, I, that's probably where I'm at. Is that where you're at as well? Yeah, it's exactly where I am. And folks, don't forget, we are presented by FanDuel. You have that same offer that we talked about last week, which is fantastic. $5 bet, you get 150 in site credit, win or lose. There are just so many great offers. Got to go to FanDuel here. Your last couple games, if you will, to cash in on that here with college basketball, which will be great. Yeah, I, I was surprised, Connor, the line here didn't move more, which worries me. Bill Self, I talked about this in our article on the, on the site. 
under 500 in the postseason in his career at Kansas in games where he is between a one and seven point favorite. He's just not great here. And it proved itself again against Providence. They were able to pull away, but they did not cover in that game. Now, last week they were fantastic. They ended up playing a fantastic game there, pulling away, dominating against Miami, moving on. This one worries me a little. I just can't get off the fact that Kansas has players like Justin Wilson who can attack the basket. They have Ochai who I'm not thrilled with, but certainly he is a talented guy. David McCormick in the middle. And the X factor, Connor, to me in this game is going to be Remy Martin. Remy Martin transferred from Arizona State. This is a Pac-12 player of the year caliber player who's been injured most of the year, but had 12 points in the first half in the prior game there. Played fantastic. Saved them pretty much both against Providence and against Miami. I think Remy Martin's going to be X factor. I am laying the points here with Kansas. I just think it will be a back and forth game. I think it will be a slow pace, limited possessions because Jay Wright's an outstanding coach. But in the end, when you're using Ryan Archie Diacono as your backup player, I just think it's going to be a problem. Yeah, no, I think that's more than fair. Initially, I did lean the same. And when it opened at three and a half, I thought it was a little too low given the injury. Um, but now at this point, I kind of like Nova for a couple of reasons here. So Jay Wright, 4-0 against the spread against Bill Self. Uh, also, you know, I think that look like on paper, you know, their teams are very, very similar uh, efficiency-wise. Kansas, 7th in offense, 18th in defense. Villanova, 9th in offense, 17th in defense. Um, just for me here, I think that the way that we're looking at that past history of Jay Wright versus Bill Self. Like, you know, those two strategies and kind of different styles, I think that how those match up, uh, you know, is actually, you know, somewhat indicative. I don't really love trends that don't really matter, uh, but I think this one kind of does in terms of a coaching battle. Um, for me, four and a half is a little bit too much. I will say, though, I mean, Kansas has cover actually won every single game by five or more points in the tournament. Uh, and, uh, it, it, it is tough to go against them, especially given Villanova's injury. But at the end of the day, I think I'm probably on Villanova plus four and a half here uh, as a lean, as a lean, not a strong play, but as a lean. It's a fair point. I said Ryan Archidiakno. I meant Chris. If they had Ryan, I think they win no problem. <laughs> Sorry about that, Chris Archidiakno. But to your point, Chris Archidiakno did play last year. Gillespie did get hurt. They played Baylor. I remember that game that Baylor covered last year against Villanova, but it was very frisky until about the 15-minute mark of the second half. So they have been in this situation before. I don't feel great about this. I am taking Kansas, but I think your argument is very strong. And also, Connor, I think we can point out, right, depth is overrated in the final four. I mean, it's not like many teams go deep here. And so this is a team that's used to playing with a tight rotation. They're going to have Caleb Daniels. He's going to start. He's been more productive than Moore. I think the last game I saw that Justin Moore was really outstanding was Providence away about a month ago, if you will. But I get it. Maybe you're saying that the depth isn't going to be as big a deal because Jay Wright is that good of a coach. Yeah, no, I think that's that's exactly it. And kind of like their spread and shoot, uh, you know, strategy versus Kansas, I think could provide a little bit of trouble there. Um, but we also have a question here from the chat uh, talking about how uh, first three in both games, if that's something that we, you know, bet on and if that's something that we consider. Um, you know, for me, it's not something that I personally bet on because I think that first anything, first touchdown, first basket, it's a little bit noisy and tough to predict. But I will say that. Player props are definitely something that we bet on, um, something that I bet on a lot during the regular season, a little bit during the tournament, and I think, Mike, you bet on as well uh, at some point. Do you dabble in, in any of those markets? 
Yeah, I don't like the first player prop because, like you said, I, I think it's very hard to predict unless you have some statistical data on who's taking the first shot or whether a team likes a certain type of play. I know there are some coaches who will script their first couple plays. I just think it's a difficult one to prepare for. It, tough in this situation. There is an advantage inside with David McCormick. I don't know where the person would want to go there. I do agree. I go with the props and we'll get into them later in the show. Cause there's a couple in terms of this game that I think are very, very fair. What do you think here, Connor, about the total right now? We have the total at 133. Villanova, one of the slowest teams by design in the entire division one college basketball landscape, 345th in adjusted tempo out of 358 teams. They're slow. They're deliberate. They're usually playing to the under Kansas is going to want to get them up and down the floor and get them in foul trouble. Where are you going here with the total of 133? Yeah, no, it's tough because I, I was on the Villanova team total over on our last show and, uh, you know, they just sucked the life out of the game. You know, they were playing fine. They're all things were clicking. You know, they had a, a small rut, like they have these just couple minutes stretches where they don't score. And because they play so slow, I mean, those couple minutes, uh, feel like an eternity, you know, it just it seems like that, that just kills the pace of the game and kills their scoring total. So even though they're like generally pretty efficient and that they'll probably score the next seven or eight trips down the court, you know, um, they go these random stretches without scoring and that's kind of tough. Uh, so I think the 133 is about right uh, because I think you're right that they'll probably try and draw them into a slow paced game um, where they're both teams are going to have limited possessions here. You know, what I think is interesting is people have talked about this game being in New Orleans and the last time it was in New Orleans, both the final four games and the championship game went under. But that's a little bit of a recency bias because if you go to the prior one that occurred, I think that was the Dwayne Wade one back in 2003, I think all three of those games went over. So I do lean under in this situation. I lean under because I think it's out of design, out of necessity. I think Villanova has to do it. And I think Kansas could fall into, into that trap. I don't think Kansas is good enough and that much of a talent differential to pull Villanova into an up and down game. This is not Duke. This is not North Carolina. So I think at some point Kansas is going to say, fine, you want to play slow? Let's play slow. And it's going to come down to execution. Connor is on Villanova. I'm on Kansas. I don't feel great about it. I admit it. Um, but I do like the under here going across the board. Yeah, I don't think either of us feel great <laughs> great about our sides, to be honest. The spread is very fair. Uh, could be something that I look to live bet in-game, uh, you know, kind of get a feel for it. Something that, uh, you know, I think is still a little bit underrated. You know, if you're watching the game, if you have some takes going on, um, you know, like like I mentioned about, you know, Villanova's spread and shoot offense, if they're getting a lot of clean looks, but maybe not hitting early on, you know, that's something that maybe I'm hitting the Villanova live line, something like that, or vice versa, where Mike mentioned, uh, you know, Kansas kind of be able to slow Villanova's offense a little bit and still execute on on uh, their offensive side. Or if the, the injury to Villanova is mattering more than we considered, you know, maybe taking even Kansas minus five or minus six, if they're like really, really just killing Villanova in a lot of these scenarios, I think could also be viable. Yeah, live line for me. I got a live line 10 out of the Bucks because they were down by a good amount against the Nets. And I think they're going to close that when I got them at plus five. The live line to me that was very profitable last week is, look, I don't have take lock here, Connor, when we're betting. St. Peter's wasn't coming back. When that game got to 12 or 14, that game was over. I hit it right away, and North Carolina just ran away. Yeah. Now, the, the second game, my friend, I do have a pretty strong take on. We have Duke minus four against North Carolina. The total is 151. Let me let you go first here because I'm going to go on for a while. What do you got here with Duke, North Carolina? Uh, Duke beat them by 20. Carolina did not shoot well in the first game. And Carolina goes into Duke on the last game of the regular season, the last regular season home game for Coach K, and beats them pretty soundly, po posting at least over 90 points in that game. Where are you going here in Duke, North Carolina, round three? 
Yeah, no, I think this is uh, a very, very interesting matchup for, I mean, a lot of reasons here. Um, but beyond, uh, you know, obviously the historic matchup and Coach K's last season and everything here, I mean, could they have scripted this any better? Like they, they couldn't have, I don't think, you know, in terms of how this this tournament has panned out and now this current matchup here. Um, but I mean, my initial lean is Duke. UNC has been playing so well as of late, but I we continue to get burned on UNC. But my thing here is I just think Duke's offense, number one right now in adjusted efficiency margin, has just been, I mean, borderline unstoppable. Uh, you know, in a lot of scenarios, they just laid 78 on the number one defense in the country in Texas Tech, you know, whatever, last week. And now they're getting uh, a UNC defense, which is fifth since in the last 11 games in adjusted efficiency margin. But, you know, overall in the season, they're still 40th overall. So I think that that's something to consider. And again, we're this is a Duke offense that it, it just really hasn't mattered for. Uh, they've scored 78 or more points in every single game during the tournament, including against the number one defense. And now during a UNC defense, that is not quite as good. Um, and... So their team total right now, I like that over at 77 and a half. I think that's a good look for sure, just based on everything we talked about. I think that North Carolina also, you know, continues to try and like draw them out into like a, a running gun game uh, and that Duke does as well. So I think it's going to be back and forth affair. The total right now, as you, as we mentioned, 151, uh, but I still think that Duke should go over that. Um, my only concern is that UNC just slows down and they're, you know, very, very impressive run comes to an end. So I don't know. What do you got on this game? Are you going to go opposite of me? But I, I have a feeling you're not. I have a feeling you're you're on Duke. Connor, Duke is not losing this game. <laughs> Let's look at this objectively. What we have with North Carolina is halfway through this season, even up into the Pittsburgh game, North Carolina was very up and down. They have been on fire. I think they're nine and one, 10 and one over their last 11, and they've beaten a lot of great teams. However, there is massive regression coming for this team. Have you seen Brady Mannix shooting over this entire tournament? If you go to Brady Mannix's game log and take a look at what he's done from beyond the arc, Brady Mannix here, in the starting with their first game against Marquette, 5 of 10 from three-point range, 4 of 8 from three-point range, 3 of 10 from three-point range, and 4 of 6. That's over 50%. They are not going to let Brady Mannix come in and start lighting him up again. You have... R.J. Davis, Caleb Love, they've alternated 30-point games. I get it. They also don't have depth in the front court, North Carolina. Armando Baycott has got to play well, and he's got to stay out of foul trouble. On the flip side with Duke, they have Mark Williams, who's a monster in, in his own right, and Theo John off the bench for depth. North Carolina does not have Dawson Garcia, who left the team. Now, they didn't have Garcia for the last regular season game against Duke. I understand that. But this Duke team has been different since Jeremy Roach has started and been inserted into the starting lineup at the beginning of the tournament. He's had double digits in every single game. He's averaging almost five assists per game. And I think, Connor, it's important when you have a real point guard, everyone else goes to their proper spot and the offense becomes more efficient. Duke defends a three-pointer well. They're going to be ready. And if you're asking me, if North Carolina beat them already, does that work for or against them? There's no sneaking up. There's no overconfidence factor. You have the greatest coach in college basketball history, Mike Krzyzewski, versus Hubert Davis, who's done a remarkable job in the second half of the year, but still is a first-year coach. I don't see it, not with all of this on the line, not with the lack of depth for North Carolina, and the fact that their shooting regression is due to come back. If this becomes a half-court game, and it's not a three-point shooting bonanza because teams can't make shots, we've seen that from time to time, Duke, massive advantage. 
Boncaro is going to be a top five pick. Mark Williams inside. Theo John for depth. Baycott's got to stay out of foul trouble. Maddox got to make shots. Love and Davis have to keep shooting well. Hubert Davis has to be able to come up with a decent game plan. He's got to be able to counter what ha- it's too much. It, it's just too much for me. I am laying the points with Duke. I just don't see it. The total, I'm a little uncertain about. I don't know about that one because I know both teams want to run. My gut says the under. What do you think here with the total? I mean, I I almost lean towards the over because it's. I mean, last two games, 175, 154 combined points. Um, I I just don't really see either team's defense coming up clutch. It's really going to have to be for this game to go under. I think it's going to have to be a lot of like missed shots or missed open looks. Maybe it's the pressure. You know, sometimes. Uh, these big games kind of elevates defense and a little bit more atmosphere, you know, things like that. Uh, but you know, generally I lean over. Uh, I mean, again, it might be something that I bet live. If you know, miss a couple shots here and there, you can almost always catch a better number live either way, uh, unless the game just starts out just on fire, uh, you know? So yeah, I'd probably lean over, but at, at the same time, it, it's already, I mean, it's one fifty one. This is for a college total. That is very high. If Duke loses this game to North Carolina, it's the only result, Connor, we've talked about that would shock me. If Mike Krzyzewski loses to North Carolina at home in his last regular season game, loses to Virginia Tech, a a team that really just got hot at the right time there in the ACC tournament final, and then loses, you could argue the biggest game of his Hall of Fame career to North Carolina to a first-year coach in Hubert Davis, I just don't see it. You tell me Kansas wins, Villanova wins, the total goes over there, the total goes under over here. None of that would surprise me. I am backing Duke here. I believe you said it before. Duke, the window to beat them closed. The way that they lost a couple years ago in 2019 to Tom Izzo and Michigan State in the Elite Eight was they ran into a strong defensive team. They couldn't match Barrett, Zion, and Cam Reddish on offense, but they played defense. Duke escaped Texas Tech. Duke escaped Michigan State, got by those two teams, neither North Carolina or the teams in the other bracket, maybe Kansas to a certain extent, have the defense and the depth to battle this. And you need shot makers. And I just think Duke has more than anyone else right now, especially North Carolina. Yeah, no, I think that's that's very fair. Um, so, you know, if you're very confident they win, uh, you know, like very, very confident, are you interested in taking the money line at all, uh, you know, parlaying it? Or are you that confident you know, the whole good teams win, great teams cover, uh, you know, kind of mantra that they're going to cover the minus four no matter what. I mean, because because four is a pretty significant number, you know, like it's Duke can have a great game and UNC could or they can win by like three, you know, or, you know, even four and you get a push. Uh, so are you interested in maybe parlaying the money line with anything else or are you just sort of laying the four, calling it a day and you, you're very, very confident? I laid the four Connor right away and I also grabbed Duke on a future at plus 160. I am that confident. I Look, if Villanova didn't lose Justin Moore, I would not have done that because what you have is a great coach in Jay Wright. You have a veteran team in Villanova. They make twos. They make their free throws. They slow the game down. They increase variance. The entire schematic to beat Duke. I just don't see them losing. I did take them for a couple of units on the covering of the line because I think they're going to cover it. But I also grabbed them at plus 160 as soon as they got through on a future here because I feel that confident. Yeah, that's very fair. I mean, we can look at dig into some of those too while we're on the topic here. So you have Duke as your champion. Uh, they're looking at plus 160, plus 150 over at FanDuel right now. I'm sure you can shop around for uh, a number, similar number. They're the favorite. Uh, Kansas plus 185, Villanova plus 450, North Carolina plus 500. Um, 
I mean, none of those numbers stand out specifically to me. Uh, what would you put the spread at for Duke and Kansas? Like minus one, minus one and a half for Duke? Yeah, or... I'd, put, I'd put it around two to three, two somewhere to three? in there. Okay. Yeah, maybe two and a half sounds right. I mean, Duke will be the favorite because the, the, the they're always going to get the money. So they're going to need to create a line that gives a little bit of action on Kansas. Kansas gets bet heavily too. I'm assuming that Kansas wins a decent game. I'm assuming that North Carolina loses to Duke. Duke covers the spread. Yeah, I'd set it around two. It'd be a great game. It'd be, it would be the game we want. It's just I would be hard for me to see Villanova without Justin Moore and Archie Diacono playing significant minutes, even though he had played about 10, 13 minutes against Baylor last year. It'd be hard for me to see them winning. What I want, Connor, is a storyline. I want to believe Kansas can beat them. Kansas can absolutely beat them. That's the game I think everyone wants. You get Villanova, North Carolina, we'll start laughing. We'll have a, uh, you know, a laughter about 1985 when Villanova beat Georgetown, all that stuff. But yeah, that's what I would think too. What do you think there if it was Duke, uh, Duke, Kansas? Yeah, I think Kansas can beat them too. But again, it would require Duke not playing the level of offense they have, you know, like kind of regressing a little bit, struggling to just, I mean, again, that's variance. It happens. So like, you know, if they don't play their normal game, I think they could very well lose probably two point favorites. Villanova against Duke. I think that Duke wins fairly handily i think that they they you know like the spread would probably be three and a half i would guess four maybe um and i think duke probably wins there by a good bit um so i guess so looking at your bet here the future you know if you kind of look at the difference between this is something that i I like to do when uh deriving value for these like short-ended futures is you can kind of look at plus 150 of you know duke versus like taking your money putting 100 bucks in the money line and then rolling it over um, and like kind of like what, what kind of difference you'd get here. So if you look at like a, you know, parlay calculator, essentially, um, you know, if you looked at minus 200 right now, um, for the first game, the second game would have to be, you know, around minus 150, uh, to kind of make back your plus 150 on the, on that money line. Um, and I think that, I think that's probably about right. I think they'll probably be about minus 150 to minus, maybe minus 130, minus 150 on the money line against Kansas if they, if they win and maybe more against Villanova. So I think that that plus 150 is probably a good look on your end uh, in terms of, you know, betting a future here. Yeah, I I, I was so confident. W- watching Roach has changed it because it's put Keels on the bench. It's put everyone in a role that they're more comfortable with. And once I saw that and saw plus 160, I said, I'm not getting a better number than this. Um, and rolling it over is always an option. But in this case, I just wanted to grab it because I thought that that would be a safer play because I thought things would change a little bit. But um, no, for sure. yeah, I I agree. I what about some props here? So I mean, we go on to to Monday night. There's going to be a myriad of opportunities, but does anything jump out here early player props? There's some that I identified. I just ended up focusing a little bit more on the Kansas Villanova game because I do think the pace of play is a little more predictable. I mean, you could have a situation. I could see kind of North Carolina Duke starting off slow and then all of a sudden like a four minute blitz where like the game just goes off the way, the rails and you're not sure which way to go here. I think like it's a little more predictable with uh, Villanova, Kansas, but what are some par- uh, props here that we have on, with the 4 for 4 tool as well? Yeah, so we have a, a player prop tool over at 4 for 4 uh, As you mentioned here, the Brady Manic, you actually touched on it earlier, is our top-rated play. Uh, so his over-under for three-pointers is 2.5 right now. Uh, the under is minus 105. We have 1.8 three-point projected uh and right now it's a 30 percent value in our tool so that's our top rated play i you're on that right oh i'm on that i'm i i just think if you're i try to get in the the mindset of the coach if you're shashevsky i think manic is the easiest guy to shut down because he is not a beat you off the dribble guy 
So I think instead of structuring your offense to try to stop Love and Davis, who both attack the basket, Leaky Black doesn't score enough, and you know that Baycott's going to be occupied by Mark Williams and Theo John, what do you scheme if you're Shashevsky? I think right off the bat he's saying, I do not want Brady Manick taking shots here. He is He's a weeble. He stands in the corner. He's not creating off the dribble. Lock him down. So to me, it's a, it's a game script. Like if you're Shashevsky, on what way do you say, you know, let Brady Manick just keep shooting from three? I don't see that happening. That's why I like it. I'm glad the numbers support it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think there's a, a few other ones here that our tool likes, just kind of going off the top here. Uh, we have a Mark Williams under uh, generally our, our projections lean way under on everything. So finding it over is fairly rare. Uh, Mark Williams under nine and a half rebounds. Uh, we have another one that I know you like Jermaine Samuel Samuels of Villanova uh, under 14 and a half points. We have just 10.4 projected. Uh, you like that one as well, right? I do because I've made a good amount of money betting Samuels over Samuels was injured. He was, he was a little up and down for a lot of the year, but he's a critical guy on this team as a senior. You saw how much Jay Wright loves him when he was talking about him. He teared up there in the post game, but Jermaine Samuels, when he ended the regular season, if you look at his box score, had seven, nine points against Georgetown. Who's awful. Only nine against Providence. Then in the Big East tournament semifinals against St. Uh, against St. John's, only seven points. But six, since that point, 21 against UConn, 15 against Delaware, 17, 22, 16. His prop total has now adjusted too much. I feasted Connor off 10 and a half, 11 and a half in that area. Now I think what they're talking at is they have, was it around, is it 14 or six, 14 and a half? I think it is. Yeah, 14 and a half. So I'm grabbing the under there. I think Samuel's is not going to continue this pattern. I think we're selling high on his point total. Yeah. Also uh, speaking to that one prop that I just mentioned, Mark Williams under nine and a half rebounds. He's gone under that in close to 70% of his games, gone over in just 31% of his games this season, 12 of 38. Also against UNC, just one and one on the number. Had a massive outing with uh, 13 rebounds, but also had one with six. Uh, I guess my only concern would be that this game is so back and forth that you know, they end up throwing, chucking up like just absurd amount of shots each and that kind of bolter, bolsters his rebounds. But at the same time, I'm pretty comfortable on that under as well. Um, I think I will be getting some Duke player prop overs. I just, you know, haven't really dug in too much into what they'll be. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably post some of those in our, our Discord there in a little bit. Yeah, one of the ones I also really like is Kansas. I have followed this the entire season because I just have this feeling when I've watched Kansas Connor in the past – they tend to have their leading scorer tends to be a very passive player. I'm going back to Ben McLemore, you know, obviously NBA player, but he wasn't a huge scorer in the tournament. Wayne Selden was a dynamite player for Kansas. Self would put him in the corner and he would shoot the three-pointer from the corner. I do feel that the Kansas system sometimes limits the leading score. And in these big games, they have the attitude, I'll take what the defense gives me. Abaji has done very well for me taking his under. 11 points against Texas Southern and hit there. 15 points against Creighton. Five points against Providence. And he did go over his prop against Miami. It was 16 and a half. But Connor, he went over it with a three while five subs were at the scorer's table with about three minutes left. So again, I've just been on him. We're waiting for him to take the game over as a first-team All-American. He just tends not to do that. If you look at our pro player prop tool, the line is 16.5. We have 8.3% value here, four for four. We projected a 15.3. I am going under with Abaji again. Again, slow pace. Villanova takes their time, and this is a player who you see his average, and you say, oh, he's an All-American. But break down the numbers, he hasn't hit that over in quite some time. 
Yeah, I mean, just in general too, like these these player props are largely guesses by the sports book, oftentimes averages. You know, they're getting a little bit sharper now with kind of sports books expanding, but still like these are largely just season averages and maybe adjusted slightly either way based on the pace or, you know, anything that the, the sports book traders know. But, you know, for regardless, I think they're very, be- it's a very beatable market and something that we as a company will be getting more into in years following. And, you know, I think this is just, just a start here, you know, going out with our tools and kind of mine and uh, Mike's analysis on this. Yeah, the player prop tool has been fantastic. Anything else, Connor, you see out there? Totals, finals, anything props with FanDuel or whatever? Um, so you can bet on like an exact result here. So beyond you took Duke national champion, uh, you could also take Duke to beat Kansas at plus 300. Also Duke to beat Villanova at plus 500. Uh, you know, I think that if, you know, kind of embracing some variance there, I think a Duke over Nova um, you know, final is pretty interesting because I, I know you liked Kansas. I liked Nova, but I think we both are in agreement that if they, those two teams meet Duke and Nova, uh, that Duke would probably handle them pretty well. So, you know, at plus 500, I think that that's a pretty interesting value. Excellent. Because I do think the majority of money is also coming in on Kansas. And I would say, you know, we've watched so many games. We've looked at the numbers. I got a weird feeling. When more was ruled out, and I said, huh, that line's really not moving a lot. It, it is a weird feeling. I think it's going to be a very close game. And you know, if Villanova has the lead in that game, it's good night because they don't miss free throws. So what you're looking for, like I am with Kansas, is you want them to be up three or four and Villanova having to force the issue to score because if Villanova's up by about four points with two minutes left, this is going to be like a slow bleed because they're not going to turn it over and they're going to make their free throws and that line's gone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. All right, folks, there it is. We broke down the final four. We gave you some props. We gave you some totals. Choose your sides. Connor's on Villanova. I'm on Kansas. We're aligned on Duke. It should be a fantastic game on Monday. Please make sure to check out our player prop tool as well and make sure to go to FanDuel. $5 bet, folks. Get you $150 in site credit, win or lose. Great stuff going on. For Connor Allen, I'm Mike Randall. Four for four, final four. Let's get a great game on Monday night and cap off a fantastic 2022 NCAA tournament.